and welcome to Shay Hanny, the podcast featuring women who've made creative career change. In today's episode, I'm talking to Christy Cooter, a writer and journalist who has had a number of career twists and turns for a whole variety of reasons. Christy, welcome to the Shay Hanny podcast and thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself to get started. Yeah, well, um, my name is Christy Cooter. I am a former journalist and I am a content marketer and author and writer, and I am based just outside of Austin, Texas. Amazing. And can you tell us a bit about your original career and how you found yourself in, in mm-hmm. that role? How I got started. Um, well, as long as I can remember, I plan to be a journalist. And so um, I actually started in um, middle school and high school doing working on the school newspapers. And um, and so my my kind of love for writing and getting the newspaper bug was very early in my life. And I went to school and um, pursued a journalism degree. And um, and then I went on to work for newspapers. And um, I will say when I originally started, I always thought I was going to be a reporter. Um, But in college, I had just an amazing professor who was teaching a copy editing class. And he had been an editor at the Wall Street Journal Hong Kong. And he talked to the class about, you know, everybody wants to be a reporter, but the real action happens in newsrooms. And he talked about all these exciting events that, you know, news events that happen in major coverage and um, all of the big planning around how stories are played and new angles and all of those things they develop within the newsroom. He was totally right about that. But he encouraged everyone in class to apply for this very prestigious um, internship with the Dow Jones News Fund for copy editing. And I applied for that and I had to take a copy editing test, which is standard procedure for a copy editing job. And um, luckily I was one of the people chosen for that. And so I did, I was one of, I'm not sure how many, maybe 30 people around uh, the U.S., chosen for that program and placed in newspapers around the country. So that changed the course of my career before I even started. And I, from that point on, decided, okay, I want to pursue copy editing. And I did that for most, half of my career in journalism. And then I discovered digital journalism right around the time when all of the newspapers, I know this is crazy to think about, but um, <laughs> we everybody sort of decided they needed to go be on this new thing called the internet. And so um, our editor, I was at the Austin American Statesman at the time where I spent most of my career and our editor gathered everybody around for a meeting and said, hey, we're launching this website and we need people who are interested in helping to put the paper online. And I basically volunteered and said, oh, I'll do it. And I had been working um, in a tech 
feature section before that. All right. And um, I went on maternity leave and had been helping with getting the newspaper online before I went on maternity leave. And then when I came back from maternity leave, they said, oh, by the way, you're moving online entirely. And so <laughs> I became uh, a digital journalist after that point in time. And then eventually became the editor of um, the Austin American Statesman's uh, websites. We had right. two of them, an entertainment website. So when and how did you know it was time to move on and switch to doing something different? Yeah. So I've actually had several of those points in my life. <laughs> okay. I'm, now, <laughs> I'm 48. So I've had a couple of those moments, but, um, you know, journalism is a very, very difficult place. Um, has been for a good probably decade. It's been much more difficult to make a career in journalism. And, um, I was very fortunate because I had sort of ridden the wave with digital journalism and um, had learned about, you know, audience building and, um, uh, you know, how to write headlines mm -hmm. for the internet. And um, so I had additional skill sets that a lot of my fellow journalists who stayed on the front side did not have. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so um, there came a point in time where I was kind of at the, I was ready to make a change. And um, I was actually interviewing at different news operations in Texas, but I also looked, I was looking outside of newspapers as well. And I ended up taking a job with um, an e-commerce travel company that was looking for someone to establish their content marketing programs. Okay. And so um, I was really just curious about, you know, how do my skills as a journalist, how would they trans translate in, um, in marketing? And so I made that leap. Um, and that was 2012, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So that was your first kind of pivot into a different direction and where did it yeah. go after that right so I'm like a long timer I'm not I'm I stay with I typically stay with companies for a long period of time so I was at the Statesman for 12 years yeah. and the next company I went to which was an online travel agency I stayed with for almost eight years okay and when I started I was one of five people in our headquarters and then when I left, we were probably somewhere along in the 30 to 35 range. Right. Um, but I had grown um, a team while I was there and expanded. So I had uh, writers and uh, producer, video producers, editors. I managed all of our content marketing. So including our YouTube channel mm -hmm. and, um, and we had a very active blog. So we had over a million page views a month on the blog and we had over a million subscribers on our YouTube channel. Wow. So we were, it was basically, I was basically running um, kind of an editorial and editorial operation for this e-commerce travel site. And we were helping people plan their vacations to Disney. Yeah. That was the, the focus of it. Um, 
So I really enjoyed that. And I love the process of kind of starting from a very early stage Mm -hmm. and growing it into something, you know, really massive. Um, But I started getting the itch to try something new. (laughs) And so I ended up taking a role with um, actually a humongous corporation, environmental services company and doing B2B marketing. And I thought like, okay, I've done this um, B2C, you know, in the travel space. And I feel good about that. I love connecting with um, consumers. I think that's kind of my sweet spot, but I wanted to try my hand at uh, B2B marketing and see how, you know, how I liked that, you know, I thought it was, it would open more doors for me, but, um, I pretty quickly discovered that one, I didn't like working for humongous companies and I just didn't really enjoy B2B marketing. Mm. Okay. And so I pivoted again. I went to a company, I actually got, I had been recruited by the CEO of this, uh, ed tech startup that was looking for a content marketing person. And I took that job and did it for, well, I didn't do it for a year. I did it for several months and then I promoted to run their marketing operations and, um, and uh, stayed with them for a little while, but it ultimately was, it was not a good fit. And I quickly realized that um, even though I had been promoted, there was some internal turmoil going on. And there was also um, a lot of turnover within the company, even though um, no one had ever actually willingly left the company. And so um, I basically thought, okay, I'm going to get fired if I stay here. Yeah. I don't want to be fired. I yeah. never been fired. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be able to leave on my own terms. And so that's what I did. And, um, and when I quit that job, I really had no idea what I was going to do next because I was a little... Um, Oh, I had been like my my pride had been wounded. I was like yeah. emotionally <laughs> feeling like I don't know where my purpose is and yeah. where I fit. And um, so it left this big kind of hole for me. And um, but before I quit, my husband he made me promise him that I would not just take the next job that had come. It that came to me because he was basically like you, you know, this company had some red flags and you ignored them and I don't want you to do that again. So I want you to like take some time and think about what it is you really want to do. Um, That's that's so great that you had that support and somebody kind of behind you looking out for you and spotting these signals and helping you to, to kind of, figure out what the next step was and I think that makes such a difference for all of us doesn't it having having people around us that care and support and help to nurture into the next into the next uh, stage of whatever that might be um 
And you, you, you mentioned to me before as well that around this time, am I right in saying that your your daughter had some um, health issues that you were also right. kind of working with? Um, is that something you're willing to talk talk about and share a little with us? Yes, yes. So the whole time that I was working that job, my daughter was. Um, suffering from anorexia and we uh, you know went through the whole process of I mean it was during the pandemic where there was an explosion in eating disorders and there still is um, a huge crisis with eating disorders right now Um, but it also took forever to get in to see um, specialists Mm -hmm. during the pandemic because of that and so I had been living with um almost certainty that my daughter had anorexia. And I know that because um, my other daughter, my older daughter also had anorexia and had also gone through treatment for that and recovered. And so, um, so I knew that there was a very strong possibility that that was what was Mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. And um, we eventually did get her into treatment. She did four months in what is referred to as a partial hospitalization program, which is basically uh, from like eight in the morning to eight at night, um, every day of the week you're in treatment and then you spend the night at home. She did four months of that and then she came home and we had a couple of months where things were okay and then she relapsed again. And that happened, so that was all happening in the background of that job. Mm. And um, so when I quit, I actually didn't spend a lot of time wondering, oh my gosh, what's next for me? Because I had a crisis on my hands. And um, I really, because I wasn't working, I was able to say, okay, I really need to figure this out we need to do whatever we can do because um it was just it was a very serious life-threatening situation and um and I knew that if I didn't like really address it we were going to have some major issues Mm. and part of that along with all of that in the background I had been struggling with my own issues with food Right. And so um, it sort of came to a head when my daughter and I, as we were battling it out and I'm trying to make her eat. And um, we had this breakthrough moment where um, one day where I'm trying to get her to eat her snack and she just, and I had a, she, we had a protein bar. We were sitting in the car going somewhere and, um, you know, she took the bar and shoved it in my face and said, you eat it. And we had this massive blow up, um, like yelling and screaming at each other. But, you know, I took a few bites of this bar of hers and then, you know, it kind of diffused the situation. And she finally said, like, you know, when you eat, it helps me eat. Right. And so I realized at that point in time that, like, in order to help her, I had to help myself. Yeah. 
And so, um, and I had known because we've gone through a lot of education around eating disorder treatment. Um, you know, you cannot, there's no place for dieting mm. in when you've got someone in your house that's suffering from an eating disorder. Mm. And though, even though I wasn't outwardly dieting, I had my own battles going mm. on. And so, um, I just, I decided that from that point on, I was no longer going to diet and I was going to work on myself and, um, transition to intuitive eating, which is, um, it's a framework for eating where you're basically listening to your body's signals to help you decide, um, whether you're, you know, your hunger and your fullness cues and all these things that we have been ignoring. We've been taught to ignore them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're taught from a very young age. We're born knowing how to eat and when we need to eat, but we're taught to not listen to those things. Mm. And so um, my daughter and I both kind of went down this path. You know, I worked on, um, we worked on getting her weight restored to the place where she needed to be. Yeah. And alongside that, I did work on myself with intuitive eating. And um, I hired a therapist who was trained in intuitive eating Um because I knew that, you know, you don't just unlearn behavior that you've been doing for your entire existence. And I also started journaling and writing about that process because I knew it would take me probably a year or maybe longer. And I wanted to be able to look back and document, you know, here's how far I've come, here's the progress and here's what's happened. And along the way, my therapist, and I I was originally thinking I want to turn this into a book, you know, that help women transitioning to understand what it's like to go through this process, because there are a lot of how-to books on how to do it, but there aren't very many books that say, here's what it's like, here's what you're going to feel, you know, and, um, so my therapist, when I told her that, she said, oh, you should start a Substack." Okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I gave that some thought. And so I decided to start a Substack. And then at the same time, a little bit before that, but um, I had met a woman who was starting a hybrid book publishing business and she was looking for women to write a chapter in her first book. And it was um, talking about the bumpy roads to their biggest successes. Yeah. And so I had chatted with her and um, I really wanted to write a chapter in the book And, um, and so I decided to do that. And, um, she actually came back to me and she said, well, I want you to write a chapter in the book, but I also want you to come work for me and do help me do marketing for the business. And, um, and so that's how I started yet another kind of career pivot was, um, purely sort of by, it's not by accident, but 
you know, it wasn't something I was expecting to no. happen. I wasn't actively intending for it to happen, but it just did. And so that's, you know, put me on yet another career path. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how all these different circumstances come together. And obviously lots of those circumstances are, um, things that were very challenging and, and, and difficult, but it's interesting how all of those things coming together have led you into this place that you, you are now. And is this, is this what you're doing now? You're, you're still, um, working, um, on these projects at the moment. And obviously you've got your Substack, and that's gone. Yeah. I, I imagine that's, that's been taken further than you imagined it. It might've, um, gone when you initially started to write it, when your therapist suggested, starting a substack <laughs> well I had no idea actually what I really didn't know with substack um yeah. what would happen but I am still so I I am working still with the publisher yeah. and I am doing that on a contract basis so um it is it's an end not full-time so yes it's, okay um, so I have room to take on more work if I want to in the realm of um, probably content marketing or copywriting and um, but I am still working with her and helping to um, launch her business. Um, she just passed a year in business, which is pretty exciting. And we've published three books so wow. far and um, they've all been Amazon bestsellers. That's great. And it is, um, I'm learning all new skills. I'm going into the world of book publishing and um, it's been really fun to do that work. And then I'm still continuing with Substack. Um, it has been actually way more challenging than I thought and way slower growth than I thought. Yeah. Um, coming from, you know, a content marketing background where, I had sort of figured out the secret sauce to yeah. <laughs> publishing, yeah. you know, at, um, especially when I was working with the online travel agency, I knew the type of content that would work well yeah. and I knew how to publish it in a way that it would, you know, and how to promote it in a way that would foster kind of launch it. Yeah. If yeah. Yeah. Know, right. And Substack does not work that way. <laughs> it's um, still a bit of a mystery to me. So I would say I'm still struggling to find my way on Substack and figure out, you know, kind of the secret, the secret sauce, if you will. Yeah. But I think one of the nice things about Substack is that it, and perhaps this is the reason why it takes everybody longer to kind of, um, build the same I guess audience base that other social media channels allow for but do you think it's partly because of the longer form nature of what's being put on there and, and therefore what people are consuming that it mm -hmm. it's not such a quick fix it's not um you know for the for the person consuming the writing they've got to actually sit down and take the time to absorb it and and I wonder if that is one of the reasons why um it's just it's a, it's a different type of, of reading and writing, isn't it? I yeah. think to, yeah. to other forms, which is quite interesting. Um, so it, it kind of strikes me that you've got to a place where essentially you are 
a writer. I mean, you've kind of always been a writer, haven't you? That's, that was always your thing. But I know right. you'd written in your notes that um, that you kind of it, it got to a point where you realised, oh, I'm I'm doing all these things and I am writing, but you're writing the things that you wanted to write a bit more than perhaps you right. were um, yeah. some, some years ago. And so, so now are you largely working on a kind of, are you freelance, sort of self-employed? Is that how you would describe the mm-hmm. way your, your career works? Yeah. And yeah. What would you say are some of the benefits to you of, of working in that way? Well, I mean, the biggest benefit is flexibility. Yeah. You know, as a mother of three children, you know, having gone through, you know, as a journalist and as someone that was uh, the editor of the the newspaper websites, I was and managing a team of people. I was working virtually 24 hours yeah. a day. Yeah. Um, it was a situation where I was never off. You yeah. know, breaking news happened at the, in the middle of the night. I was the person that would get a phone call, right? And have to stop and do whatever, you know, whatever was required for the job. Um, so there's a huge amount of, sacrifice of your personal life that happens Mm. when you're a journalist um and um but now (laughs) in this role that I have I have a lot of flexibility Mm. I work remote I work from home yeah um I am able to be there for my kids in a way that I wasn't at the beginning of my career I just I couldn't have done I I wasn't able to with those prior careers that were just sacrifices that had to be made. So I think that's the biggest benefit to what I'm doing. Um, I'm also setting the direction of the work that I'm doing, particularly on Substack, um, where, and that has actually been the hardest part. (laughs) As someone who can go into, you know, I could write as, as a content marketer, you know, I, I'm sort of pride myself on being a subject matter expert in whatever area I go into, whether it's book publishing or planning a vacation to Disney World yeah. or writing about intuitive eating and giving up diets, right? So uh, the challenge for me with the Substack is that it's up to me where I want to take it. (laughs) Yes. You're not being given that direction by somebody else. It's yeah. It has to come from you. Yeah. 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 That's a very interesting point, I think. And are there any aspects of, of working um, for another organization or, or working um, for a, um, a newspaper in journalism that you miss? Or do you have any moments of regret of, Mm. of your change of, of, um pace and change of career uh do I I don't think I have any regrets because I love one the the change that happened in my life from quitting diets has um transformed how I look at myself and I know it sounds silly but we you know, we're sort of 
indoctrinated my generation especially with indoctrinated in this idea that our self-worth hinges on our appearance mm. yes. and so it is you know it's incredibly liberating to start understanding that you don't have to define yourself by that right yeah. and we have so many societal pressures and um there's you know, heavy diet culture has, it, it, it informs every aspect of our life mm. in some ways. Mm. Um, and so it's quite liberating to be able to say, Hey, I'm not, I'm actually not going to define my self-worth by this anymore. And what I found was that it allowed me to feel like, okay, it just opened possibilities. Yeah. Really. I started thinking, oh, well, I could do this thing and I can do that thing. And I'm I it gave it really just kind of gave me the courage to start something new. Yes. And um, you know, put me on the path of kind of creative awakening, even though I've had these careers that are, you know, creative and writing yeah. and marketing. Um but you're doing that for other people, weren't you? I guess or, or, right. all, all that the the previous times, right. and maybe yeah. now some of that is for you and for yourself. Right. I I don't know. Maybe that right. helps with the creative awakening. Yeah. It de- it definitely has because I've also tapped into in order to get in touch with my body. I've had to do a lot of work on myself. I've done a lot of work, uh, mindfulness and grounding and allowing myself to feel and process things. And it just, um, it's put me more in touch with myself. And so that just opened the world of possibilities that I didn't think was ever possible. So I don't have regrets. Um, (laughs) I feel like I've stepped into kind of, I'm stepping into my destiny right now. I feel like I'm living the way I've always wanted to live, right? And so I'm very excited about where I'm going. At the same time, I loved the work that I have done. And um, I I miss being in newsrooms. Every journalist that I know, I know a lot of journalists who aren't journalists anymore, everyone misses being in that environment because there's just something uh it's just such a unique place so many people who are so good at what they're doing Mm -hmm. and all focused kind of with the same mission of um helping people informing people Mm -hmm. educating people and um And nothing comes close to that. There's yeah. no other, even in all of the marketing work I've done, nothing touches kind of the experience of being in a newsroom when something major happens. Yeah. But I think it's it's so wonderful that you've got yourself to a point where you feel this way about yourself and what you're doing. And it strikes me that that everything that you've done before has fed into this point and has made you the person that you are and helped you with that journey of of, of realization and I think it's so important isn't it that we 
we don't think about things that have happened in the past as being oh that's something that's been and done and we don't think about anymore actually it builds into what makes us who we are and it helps us we learn so much from all the all the things that we've been through especially the difficult times I guess because that they're the times that um we have to dig deep and uh and find a way yeah Um, I was rereading um the chapter in that book that I contributed where I talked about that here of oh show your work um about I wrote about quitting the job that last job and then quitting diets and my daughter relapsing yeah and all of those things even though they sound completely separate they are all interconnected yeah and I don't think if I hadn't quit the job I wouldn't have quit diets yes if I hadn't quit diets I wouldn't have started a new career yeah I don't think I would and I wouldn't have come to this place of awakening that you know I'm sort of at the start of this journey toward my true creative awakening and I don't think I would have gotten on that path had I not I know I would not have because yeah I wouldn't have taken the time and allowed myself to do that work and actually time is is an interesting thing as well because I think sometimes when we um take a break or stop doing the busy job that that's taken over our lives and you said you know some of the work that you'd done was literally 24 7 you didn't get much of a break from it at all so maybe taking that break um and giving yourself even a little bit of time to to just pause and 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 think and consider what maybe you wanted to do next it just allows the brain to start kind of working behind the scenes and and yeah. formulating those ideas and allowing you to kind of have them and 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 I wonder if yeah I wonder if time given to yourself is maybe a factor in in some of this too um definitely yeah 100% if um I I do think that's a huge piece of it is if I had just quit my job and immediately started looking for another mm-hmm. job um, you know, if I could have done that, assuming there wasn't a crisis in my way, I probably would have just mm. gone into the same thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would have just taken what had come along. I wouldn't have really stopped to consider something else. And, um, and now, especially in my work, because, um, you know, writing and Substack, it takes so much mental power. Yes. Uh, it's not like you can't just be working, you know, it's not busy work. I find it hard to concentrate without just putting all of my focus into it. Yes. Right. But, yeah. But I do build in time to take breaks and it's when I have that time. So a lot of it happens you know, in the background, I'm a mountain biker. I love to go out and ride by myself. Yeah. Um, or go take walks. And when I just let myself do that, I have the creativity yes. comes to me. The ideas seem to flow yeah. from that space. Yeah. And so um I do think that's a huge part of this, you know. And I'm just 
connecting to myself in a way yeah that I haven't before yeah no I think I think that's that's so important to almost try and switch off from creating the ideas and then the ideas come when you do switch off from it if that makes any kind of sense but I I agree I think that I hear so many stories of other people saying similar things that when those ideas come when you're least expecting them to in, in in a way but it's because you're allowing yourself the the time to um to unwind a little bit I suppose and to to take time yeah. out for yourself um and you you mentioned your husband a little earlier on but in in general were your family and your friends supportive of you um taking this uh leap into into kind of freelance life and and working in a different way yeah I couldn't have done it otherwise yeah um my husband is my biggest supporter and um my children too they've all been 100% on board with this I mean my children were happy (laughs) my children get me more than they ever had before yeah and um so they I, and also because I've been a single mother for, I had been a single mother for many years. And so we had been living under the constraints of um, um, me working full time and still trying to, you know, be a mom to them and take care of them and do all of those things. And so um, I had so much more freedom and flexibility and they benefit from that. Their mom with them in a way that they never have. Yeah. And um, so I think they have an appreciation for that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of support, I don't think I couldn't have done it without having the support of my husband. Yeah. It just, I don't think it would have been possible to make it happen otherwise. Yeah. And I do feel very fortunate that that is the case. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's really great that you had that support but also that the people around you you feel that they are really benefiting from from those changes so it's a two-way thing as well you know you feel better about it but also it's having this positive impact on on those around you and well and also just because of the transformation that's happened within me yes has made it's completely changed me um as a person I you know I was a very hardcore driven uh goal oriented focused (laughs) I'm still those things yeah but I now see I see the benefits of having this other more balanced way of living yeah so they're also you know they benefit from the positive changes that I've made too yeah no, that that that's that's really wonderful to hear I, I think for everybody around you not just yourself but for for all the others as well um my final question do you have any advice for somebody listening who is considering making a big career change or perhaps just taking the leap to go to being freelance or self-employed as opposed to working for a big company um what advice would you would you give well I would say if you can just do it do it (laughs) I think 
there, we tend to dream about, you know, we dream for years about these things we really want to do. I mean, my entire life, I had in the back of my mind, this dream of being a writer Mm -hmm. and I would not have allowed myself to do it while I was still, you know, I was a single mom working and supporting the family and seeking financial security. I had all these reasons Mm. why I wouldn't have allowed myself to do it. And also a huge fear of failure. Yeah. Huge fear of, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. And, um, and so I held myself back Mm. and I think especially women, we tend to do that and we tend to put everyone else in front of us. Right. Yeah. So I do think that if, you know, you can give yourself permission to go after this thing you want and um, believe you deserve it. That's a huge part of it. And also being okay with failing. Yeah. (laughs) That is a huge part of it. Um, I had to shift away from, I really thought failure was the end of the world. I really thought, oh, if I fail, it's going to be the end of the world. And um, the, the truth of the matter is that failing is part of the process. And if we're not failing, then we're not improving. We're not getting better. And um, so I do think that's a way. I think baby steps are a good way. If you have the ability to dabble a little bit along the path um that that helps too yeah no I I agree with that and I think where people can find ways of um maybe stepping down the days in their um (laughs) full-time job to part-time or something like that and and gradually just testing some things out along the way especially Mm -hmm. for those people who maybe don't know exactly what their new um career path might be you've got to try some things really before um finding out i i guess so i think that's really volunteer yeah yeah go find an organization that needs help in the area that you want volunteer your time do it for free and explore it that way even if you're still working you know a career you know there are ways to explore career change in a way that will make you more comfortable with that definitely I'd agree with all of that I think that's that's really um fantastic words of of wisdom there so thank you very much and thank you so much for giving up your time today um it's been really really interesting to hear your story can you just remind us what your substack page um is called yes yes it's called almost sated and so it is almost sated.com um and people can go and check it out brilliant i will put a link in the um in the show notes uh, the podcast notes as well so uh, people can click on it there but uh, christy thank you so very much um it's been a pleasure to speak to you today thank you yes and thank you so much i've enjoyed it and i'm super excited to uh share this story <laughs> thank you that was christy cooter talking to hannah ash on the shay honey podcast You can find the link to Christy's Substack page 
as well as the other episodes in this podcast series on shayhoney.substack.com. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to sharing the next one with you very soon.